Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever and whatever time it may be when you are hearing the sound of my voice. We give God all the glory and the honor, and we're so grateful to join with you once again in the airways for the It's Real Radio Talk Show. Excuse me. I am your host, Elder Corlette James, and I am just, excuse me, I'm so sorry. I am just really, really grateful and thankful to God for another opportunity and a chance to join in with you on this evening. Um, if you are catching the live show, then you know that we yet have had another tragedy in our family. Um, there was a shooting at a church um, in Texas this morning where apparently an armed gunman walked into the church and just began firing. I have a lot of details, but what I do know is that some people lost a lot. And I'm just, um, I'm just heartbroken at the amount of violence and uh, the runaway lack of respect for life that has erupted in this country. Um, We absolutely categorically can trace it back to a blatant walking away from the fundamentals of the kingdom of God. There is no doubt about it. We have opened up so many avenues and to just ride roughshod and to possess um, and infiltrate our youth, our people, um, and not just the youth. We know that the mass shooting in Las Vegas was, excuse me, a 60-some-year or 50-some-year-old man. So it's not just the youth, but we need to recognize and to understand that more than ever, we need to be prayerful for our country. Now, you know, God tells us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, and I believe that to be vital and very important as well. And we pray for other countries. We pray for third world nations. We pray for um, those without water and shelter in Africa. We pray for so many different causes in this country, but I firmly believe that not to negate the prayers that God has given you for other countries and other nations, but to never relegate um, the prayers of that are needed for the United States of America to other countries to do. I believe that other countries are praying more vehemently and fervently for America than Americans are, and that is a very, very sad commentary. We have got to recognize and understand that when God gave the command, when Christ gave the command to his apostles and sent them out into the highways and the byways, he had them start first in their own country. Um, and then it would spread out into the the corners and the far reaches of the world. So we need to keep that in mind for ourselves. It started first in Judea and then Samaria and then the far countries of the world. We've got to recognize and understand that as citizens in this earth realm of the United States of America, our prayers need to start here first. And that prayer needs to be for a turning of the hearts of man. 
because the man's heart is desperately wicked. The word of God has already declared that. He has already told us that. So he has given us a blueprint of what our prayers need to be about. We need to pray for the heart of man to turn back to God. He also gave us our ministry in his word, and that was the ministry of reconciliation. So we need to be praying that man would be reconciled back unto the Father, that he would be reconciled back to God, so that the the, the blackness of man's heart that could go into a church, and this is not the first time this happened, we know this, but to just walk into a church and just to open fire, that's a deep-seated darkness. That is a deep-seated darkness. For a man to break out the window of a hotel and aimlessly fire on a crowd down below innocent people that he had never met before in his life, that is a dark-seated place for an individual to be in. So we need to understand, while we're so busy running around and those that don't agree with the president and even those that do agree with the president, we're so divided in this country over our, our leadership that we have lost the focus for our true leadership, which is the word of God. Whether you like the president or not is really inconsequential. The word of God says for you to pray for your leaders. Whether you like the, the people that have been elected to office, they have been elected. And, and really it's beyond the electoral college and beyond all the different issues that people are putting out on the table right now. The bottom line says that God is the one that lifts one up and he plucks another one down. So he has given us a, a mandate to pray for those that are in leadership. We have the ability to command this earth realm, to command the regions of this earth realm. If we step up to our posts that God has assigned us to and do what we've been called to do. So it is time, saints of God, that we redirect our focus from being divided as a people of especially in the body of Christ, to uniting as a people and praying for the hearts of man. If we begin to pray the prayers that God would have us to pray, instead of always putting our mouth on other people, then this country would be in a much better place. Leadership would be the leadership of God, which is what this country was supposedly built upon to begin with. So we need to change our focus, we need to change our directive, and we need to get to a place where we are bombarding heaven and loosing the angels of God upon the man of God, upon the woman of God, upon the children, loosing the angels to minister to their hearts and their spirits. So that, that there can be a transformation in our nation, that we can once again be. It is just so sad. It is just so sad. It, it is like, you know, daily we can read about tragedies happening in this country. Daily. You know, in any given inner city in any major metropolitan city in the United States of America, death is happening multiple times every day. Whether it's black-on-black crime, whether it's police killing um, innocent people, whether it is um, domestic violence um, and, and spouses killing their spouses, Whatever is going on, people are losing their lives, whether it's unborn children that are just being snatched out of the womb, whatever, people are losing their lives. And it is going to take the change and the turnaround of the heart of man, man being mankind, but it's going to take the turning of the hearts of man back into the heart of God for our country to be great again, since that's the new mantra, you know. Our hearts have turned from God, and we need to get on our post, those of us that are in the body of Christ that have been called as ambassadors unto God, those ones that we have been called as intercessors, those ones that we have been called to stand in the gap. It is time for us to pick up our swords 
her weapon of choice, which is the word of God, and begin to pray that word over this nation, of this nation, starting with leadership and down to the the babies being birthed out. We need to pray over the babies so that we can get them before the enemy gets to them and turns them before what is evil becomes good, what is wicked becomes the norm. Because this country, in case you haven't noticed, if you have any age on you, if you have not noticed, I'm 61 years old, I can tell you categorically that this nation has changed and what once was good is now considered evil. What once was evil is now considered good. And that is not going to change and that is not going to stop until we, as the body of Christ, take up our place, our rightful place of prayer and intercession and living a life of example. It is not going to happen by you bad-mouthing people on your Facebook posts. It is not going to happen by you sending Instagrams and text messages that are derogatory and negative about the things that are going on around you. It is going to happen when you get prostrate on your face, Daniel did, in prayer and fasting, that the Lord can dispatch the warring angels to war diligent and valiantly in the heavenlies for change to come. That is what will make the difference. That is what will make the difference. So this is a war cry, my heart to yours, and I hope you're hearing my heart, that it is time for war on the darkness of this earth and take our rightful the saints of God to bring about change. We are a change agent. And it is our duty to bring about change in this earth realm. Amen. So, all right, that's my commentary for the show, for the beginning of the show. And that <clears throat> was not, you know, planned for the show one night. Obviously, with what has happened um, today, I just felt led to, I, I just kind of had to voice something. I just had to had to go there, had to go there. So, amen. Now, getting to, I'm sorry, getting to our topic of today. topic of today is what is your creative canvas? What is your creative canvas? Um, and, and some of you may be thinking, you know, I'm not a painter, so I don't have a creative canvas. A canvas is what your creation is is placed upon. Okay, so for a painter, it would be a canvas. A painter would take um, brush and paint and create a masterpiece on a canvas. But a canvas can be anything. For a writer, if that is your creative ability, your canvas is a blank piece of paper. And when you put your words on that paper, you are creatively writing on your canvas. And that is your creative ability. When you open your mouth, your tongue, will produce words that come out, and your canvas is wherever those words are. Your canvas. So today, as I said, I want to talk about what is your creative canvas. And normally when we do our shows, we don't really do it it from a, a scriptural basis, but we don't really do it in reading scripture because we we are a talk show and what have you and and it's real and it's about real issues um but this is a real issue and i cannot substantiate what it is that i want to encourage you in unless i do it with the word of god it, it is the only way that i know of truly picture of the creativity of a topic today the first scripture is the chapter of the scriptures out of the New Internet Version so that hopefully will be very clear and very plain to you. So Genesis 1, starting at the first, we're going to read through the fifth verse. And it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. 
darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from darkness. He called the light day, and the he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Special attention to be paid to verse number three, the beginning of it, and it says, and God said. So that is the beginning of God's canvas. That is the beginning of God's beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. So he utilized his creativity and his became that void of emptiness that was formless, and he created it and made it heavens and the earth, the heavens and the earth. Now, find this very interesting reference. God created earth. He said he created the heavens and the earth. So he created multiple heavens, and he created the earth in the beginning. How he utilized that particular ability. Now, let's take a look at John 1, okay, so that we can look at this a little deeper. And I promise you, I'm going somewhere with this because I really, really want you guys to tap into your creativity and to really recognize where your John 1 starts um, with beginning, okay? Now, Genesis 1 started with in the beginning. John 1 starts with in the beginning. So we're going to reach John 1, the first verse, through the fifth verse. And it says, in the beginning, the word was with God. He was through him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all. Light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Okay? Did you get that? The light shines darkness has not over now we're gonna go to Ephesians one. Everything is in the first chapter. God is good. God is good. So we're gonna to go to Ephesians one. We're gonna start at the third verse of Ephesians one. Amen. And I'm gonna read through the tenth. It's not a lot, it sounds like it, but it'll be a quick word, I promise. Um Ephesians one three through ten. It says, Praise be to God. through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure, he has freely given us in the one he loved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, forgiveness of sin, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under And let's paint this canvas of creativity that God has placed in us. You will make note that in the beginning, in both Genesis and John, in the beginning was the word, in the beginning, God created. In the beginning, we, according to was in Christ when God did all of these miraculous things. 
when that spirit of creativity was upon God to create the heavens and the earth, when the word of God was spoken and the word of God was Christ, when the word of God went out there, we were within the word and that creatingness to form something, we were in the midst of that creativity. So let me tell you a little secret that you may not understand quite yet. That same spirit of creativity that God used to take something and or some take nothing that was something that was without form or or void, okay, to create is in us. God has given us a unbelievable ability to create in various different ways, okay? In the beginning was nothingness, and he took that nothing, that form, that without form, that void in He has given us that wonderful, wonderful gift to know and to understand the mysteries behind his creativity if we have that personal relationship with him. Think about Ephesians. See, we're going to tie these three all together. Think about Ephesians. In Ephesians, we have been adopted into the family of God. We have been shown what we did not know to be truth. To Now we are knowing and coming unto the understanding and the revelation that that truth is that we were around when creativity created. And we have an ability to create as well. So like I said in the beginning of this dissertation, a painter in his creativity uses a brush, a masterpiece. As an orator, you use your words. God has given you a creative to form the things around you, and you use your words to do that. For an author, your canvas is a piece of paper, plain, empty, nothing on it. Would you begin to create a masterpiece called a book as you put to paper the words that God will place within you? You see, we have been called to create new masterpieces in God in our everyday living in our everyday walk of life. Each and every one of us, and you know I, 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 I preach this over and over because it is so entrenched in my spirit and I so want it entrenched in yours that you have greatness within you. Each and every one of us was created with greatness. I, I was watching a show last night on TBN, Huckabee, and um, he had these two guests. He had several guests on them for that night. But two of the guests, one of them was a comedian. And the comedian was literally paralyzed on the left side of his body. Now, he had gained enough strength or whatever to be able to walk, but his left arm did not function. But he was a comedian. He had a creative ability to make people laugh to bring joy to people's lives. And as he, after he did his, his little um, dissertation, his little comedy act, and he sat there and he went to talk to, to Governor Huckabee, he started to talk about his sister and that he had this amazing sister, so beautiful. And he was not really known by who he was, but he was known as Julie's brother because everything was about Julie, his sister. And so they brought Julie out onto the stage, and it was phenomenal. Julie was a young lady that was born with Down syndrome. Incredible ray of light, an incredible ray of light. And Julie has started her own t shirt company, okay? And her t shirts reflect the fact of the love that's in her heart for all people, and she wants 
all people to experience that love. Now, for Julie, when she describes herself, she describes herself as being born with one additional chromosome than most people. So she's special because she has an extra chromosome, and that extra chromosome is called the love chromosome. And the reason for it is because you will never meet a Down syndrome individual that is not full of love. And she had this T-shirt, and the T-shirt that she gave to Governor Huckabee on the show said, I may be slow to learn, but I'm not slow to love. That spoke volumes to my heart. Julie, even though she has that extra chromosome, love wherever she goes, it just moves out of her. It, it was just so amazing to see this young lady. She realizes she is beautiful, special, um, and her duty, she feels that her duty for being placed in this earth realm is to share love. That is her greatness. That is her creativity. And her canvas of choice are T-shirts so that she spread that love and that the, the epitome of what that love stands for. So, again, I want to ask you, what is your creative canvas? What is it about you that God has placed within you to bring about a creative difference in the lives of others? You see, when you create things, create things, creative things make a difference. That is why inventors become so wealthy with their patents because they invent things or they create things that fills a void. It fills a need in someone else's life. And because it fills a need, then people purchase it. And because people purchase it, it takes them to another stratosphere with their economic development. I promise you, there is creative ability within each and every one of us. If beautiful little Julie can find her creative ability and utilize the canvas of a T-shirt to spread love, then I challenge you to look inside yourself and find your creative ability to create something out of nothingness to change and transform lives. God has given it to you. God has placed that ability in you. What are you doing with it? I um I have a, a an associate that I know, someone that I I work with actually. She's a contractor for the company that I, I work for, and she she's a pistol. She is just too much. I love her to death. I love her spirit, you know, but. When the she lives in in San Antonio, and when the hurricane came through and and it messed up, um, we know it devastated Houston, but it did damage in San Antonio as well. And so I called her um, that day to check on her and her husband just to make sure that you know they're okay and and what was you know what was going on around them and what have you. You know what she was doing. She was in her kitchen, and she was cooking. She was cooking so that she could go and serve the people who had been devastated and who had lost power or had lost their belongings or something tragic had happened. She was using, and this this is now, she is now a, a contractor that services homes, but her her job for years and years and years, she was a caterer. She was a chef, a bona fide chef. So what is she doing with her creative abilities? She has the ability to create phenomenal meals. So she wasn't just making sandwiches for these people. She was in her kitchen cooking up a storm to create meals to go to serve people that needed help. Now, what really touched my heart in this, and and I have to share this with you, is the fact that just a year ago, this very same person was on life support. She had had a near-fatal motorcycle accident that had caused trauma to her brain, caused her brain to swell, and she was literally in a coma on life support a year ago. A year later, 
by the grace of God, what is she doing with her creative talents and her abilities? She's serving others. So again, we pose the question, what is your creative? What are you doing to better the life of another? Painters, as they make these beautiful paintings and what have you, what do we do with them? We put them on our wall to beautify our homes, to beautify our You have um, people that go out and, you know, we don't like graffiti, but, you know, you can get a very, very talented graffiti um, painter, uh, artist. That's what I was looking for, a graffiti is really, really talented. Most of them really are if you look at their work. Um, And they can paint a mural on the side of a building that brings beauty to everybody or a sense of awareness about something that to everybody buy it and sees it. It's absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. So if you, instead of degrading property, when we allow these same people that would normally go to jail for what they do to be creative, give them a canvas, channel that creativity in a positive manner. You've got many, many people. I, my, my nephew, I promise you, my nephew, that, that young man is an artist like blows my mind, just unbelievable artist. Okay, now he was incarcerated for many years, but it didn't stifle his ability to use that time to sketch out many incredible works of art. I told him I wanted him to be the illustrator for my next book. He is unbelievable, unbelievable. If we were to utilize the gifts and the talents that God has given us to the glory of God, to the good of God, rather than utilizing them just for our own selfish goals or sitting on them and not utilizing them at all, we would change the world. Now, you know this segment is, this session, it started off, and we were talking about the, the horrific thing that happened in Texas this morning, which is really, really sad. And I'll, I gave out a war cry to all of you to, to join us in arms in prayer to tear down the evils that are lurking in our country. That is another way to express your creative ability is to use the word of God to stop the destruction that the enemy has set in motion for not only our nation, but for your very family, for yourself. We have to learn to be creativity, the the things that God has placed in us to make a difference and to make a change in everything that is around us. When God created, he took nothing and made something in you. So how are you utilizing the creativity that's within you? Some of you say, you know, Quelera, I really don't know what my creativity is. Well, let's start here. What are you passionate about? What is something, and this is, this I, I was told this many years ago, and I've learned it to be really, really true. What is it that you would do for free, <laughs> okay? Whether someone paid you to do it or not, you are so passionate about it, you love doing it so much that you would do it for free. And that's how you determine your passion in life. Now, God will take that passion, and he will elevate it to a whole nother level when you give that passion over to him. When you submit whatever your creative ability is to him and allow him to utilize it to his glory, he takes it to a whole nother level. I was watching another show. I'm, I'm a, yeah, my TV, if it's on, it's normally on TBN unless I'm watching a movie. I don't like regular television. That's just me. But I was watching another show, um, and this young man, just an incredible voice. Incredible voice. 
But this young man is paralyzed from the neck down. Now, you know that is the glory of God because normally if someone is paralyzed from the neck down, their windpipe does not expand well enough to, to hit notes. Like I watched this young man do. He sat and he sang. And what came out of him was just melodic. It was unbelievable. You see, you don't have to give up on life and give up on creativity just because you may be walking through a trial or a tribulation or life may not have lived up to your expectations in your mind where you may feel that you were dealt a bad hand in life or something happened in life and it devastated you, so now you've shrink back from your creative ability. One time you sang at your just you love to sing. You did. You just morning, noon, and night, you know, you were singing, but something happened. And because something happened, now you don't want to open your mouth and allow the praises of God to come out. I challenge you. I challenge you to get back to your place of relationship and reconciliation with the Father. I know what happened hurt you. I know you feel that you can never come back, but I promise you. I promise you that if you get into the presence of God and just allow him to do surgery on that broken heart, he can put it back together in a way that you would never even dream is possible. And he will put a song in your heart that you never, ever thought you would sing again and allow that creativity that he placed within you to be a blessing to others. I I think worship leaders are phenomenal people. I stand in awe of them because God has given them the ability to set the tone to lead people to his throne room, to lead people literally into his very presence. That, to me, is just an incredible honor to have. Man, if I could sing, seriously. <laughs> seriously. That is, I, I can hold a note, not like, you know, a Tasha Cobb Leonard or somebody like that. I can hold a note. I think I'm really good in the choir, surrounded with other voices. I'm not a soloist or whatever. But those that stand out, Open their mouth, the C.C. Winings of the world, the Tasha Cobb Leonard's of the world, hallelujah, the Tremaine Hawkinses of the world. Those that are, and hear me, hear me, please, those that have surrendered their gifts to God. The gifts and talents the word of God tells us are given without repentance. God has given you gifts and talents, and he will not repent of what he has given you. But to fully utilize that and create a masterpiece on a canvas, the canvas of someone's life, you have to take those gifts and talents that he has given you and give them back to him. Surrender them back to him. Allow him to utilize them, to use them to his glory. It's all about him. It is all about him. It will always be all about him because in the midst of you blessing him, he will bless you. You can't outdo God, okay? You can't outdo God. God will never be beholding to you because you have done something so phenomenal for him that he has not already repaid you sevenfold already. Before you even get up there to surrender it to him, the very fact that you are yet alive and able to utilize the gifts and the talents that he has placed within you should be enough for you to inspire you to give those gifts and talents back unto him. What an awesome God we serve. What an awesome God we serve. And the fact that he loves us so much, so, so very much, that he took all those giftings and all those talents and wrapped them in a nice, neat package and called it you, called it you. See, if you go on and continue to read Genesis, I only read to you the first day. But if you get to the sixth day, you'll see where he spoke and created you. 
what he did was he formed you. Now, now he spoke and created out of nothingness, but he took his time when it came to you and formed you, shaped you, molded you, and created you in his image and in his likeness and didn't leave you there like that. He went further and breathed the breath of life into you. You are alive today for such a time as this because of your creative ability, your ability to create a masterpiece on the canvas of God's creation. He has given you the canvas. He has just, oh, my God, given you such a, a beautiful canvas to start with. And he's given you a beautiful ability to create such majestic colors. It, it's, it's November, and I'm, I'm currently in, a, in Atlanta. And the other day I was driving, and I looked, and as I looked, Fall was happening. It, it was such a beautiful picture. In fact, I had a couple of people in the car with me, and, and I said to the young lady, I was like, oh, my God, look at the trees. Look, because there was like just this color in front of us of all the colors of fall. You know, fall doesn't last very long because the colors will come, and, and then the leaves will, will fall off the tree, and, um, and, and that beautiful sight is gone, and you don't see it again until spring, and then it's a different sight. Then there's the, the white in the blossoms that are on the trees in that form. But think about God's creation and how beautifully he sculpted it for our benefit, you know, for us to look and say, oh, my God, how beautiful is that? And he has done that within you. He's given you the ability to bring people to a place of peace, a place of solace with the words that you sing, with the words that you speak, with the photos that you take, with the paintings that you create. He's to create masterpieces. Oh, and let's not forget the beauty of life that he has given us the opportunity and the responsibility to procreate. See, he created life, but he has given us the ability to procreate life, to bring life into this earth realm. And he's called us to utilize the masterpiece of that creative life to speak his life into, to train up our children in the way they should go, to be living, breathing examples of the good, to, to treat them and to, to scold, not to scold them, to school them in the ways of God. If you go back to the biblical days, they didn't have Facebook and iPhones and texting and emails. They didn't even have books, okay? They didn't have that. How did they train up their children? By quality time, telling them of the goodness of God, of what God had done in their lives and what God had done in their own lives. We've lost that art. important that we find it. It is important that we teach our children the reverence of God, the importance of reverencing the presence of God, the importance of seeking the heart of God. That is part of our creative ability to pour into the next generation, to sit and have story time. And let that story time be about the goodness of God. We don't. We talked about this last week. We don't gather around the dinner table anymore. We don't come together. Everybody is off doing their own thing, and that is so so very sad. We've lost that that cohesiveness and that unity as a family because we we sold off our families to technology from the time the child is born and you get them to the place where you've weaned them, then you place some kind of gadget in their crib and in their playpen to keep them 
occupied so you can be about the busyness of life. And then you've scuttled them off to daycare. And in daycare, they're put before a computer or something so that the, the teachers can scuttle about life. And they grow up now being trained by technology, and they've lost the one-on-one cohesiveness of communication between human beings, that one-on-one where you talk and I listen. I listen and you talk. We've lost that. We've lost that. We've got to get it back. We've got to get it back because that's one of the canvases that God has blessed us with to create a masterpiece. I've shared this before. My spiritual daughter, when she lived with me, she would actually be sitting right next to me and rather rather than talk to me or ask me a question, she would text me. And I would refuse to respond to the text. And I would look her in the eyes, and this happened repeatedly, and said, I'm right here. Talk to me. Talk to me. Don't text me because I'm not going to answer. Something you want to know, something you're inquisitive about, something you want to talk about, then you got to put that device down and let's talk. Let's explore the art of communication. We've got to get those times back, people. We've got to use the creative abilities that God has given us to create life. Jesus said that he came to give us life, and that more abundantly. So what are we doing with that abundant life? Have we even tapped in? to the abundant life, to the abundance of the beauty of what God has given us. I was thinking about this the other day as God was sharing with me about this creative canvas and what we were doing with it. And I thought back to my father. And I've I've shared this many times. My father was my heart. I just I was a true daddy's baby. Yes I was. But unfortunately I lost him at seven. God took him home to be with him when I was only seven years old. But those first seven years of my life was so formative because of what this man sold into my life. It, it just it transitioned and it transitioned my life up into these 61 years. Those first seven years. He he structured me in love. He structured me to appreciate the beauty of what God has given us. I think about it. I think about one of the last um, journeys that we went on. It was just he and I, and and this is this is one of my favorite memories of Dad. And it was just one evening, you know, he was just like, oh, baby girl. He he was an outdoorsman, so he loved fishing. He had the distinction of being the largest lake in the Western Hemisphere. We need shoreline 100 miles around it. And it was one of the growing up. With my family, my mom and my dad and myself, you know, we would go out there and camp out the weekend and my own little house trailer, pull boat. And, you know, we would just, we would have this little time. I remember going with my dad, just do that little At any rate, so our last journey together, and he told me that, you know, Little girl, I, I was. Um, and uh, we rode out to. There. 
and it took years for me to learn that that so just because people may have been in church for a long time, that does not mean that their relationship with God is such that they trust and believe him at his word. And I was like, wow, that, that floored me. I, that was just kind of unbelievable to me. I, I did not understand it, could not grasp it. But be that as it may, I understand that the gift of faith he gave me was necessary for the call that he put applied to my life because he called me to be a prophetic encourager as I'm encouraging you right now. So I had to have that gift of faith to believe him at his word's sake so that when I said it to another, when I said, you know, you can trust and believe that that which he placed in you is to his glory and to your good, I say it from a place of or wondering, but a place of wonderment him do it so many times. I don't doubt him. I know that I know that I know that he is. And he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. He is that one that put greatness within you. He is that one that gave you the gifts and talents that he can use, that he can pull out of you. He is that one that has blessed you with life. These past couple of weeks, it, it has just been so apparent to me. So, just you, you know, so there, there are times when certain things, in God will stand out at you, and it, and it just keeps coming at you, and over and over you keep hearing. You hear it in the spirit. You hear it in in the words that people are saying. You hear it in prophetic words that people are giving you. You hear it over and over and over again, and you have to come to an understanding and a recognition that okay, if I keep hearing this over and over and over again, in the mode of impressing this within my spirit and within my heart so that I know it to be so. And what he has been doing in my life over these past few weeks is the moment of now. Now. Embrace now. I put up a person, and and, and literally it was birthed out of my spirit, and it says that you need to use the prophetic abilities that you have within you to reach into your future and pull that future into your present and decree and declare the manifestation of the now. We need to take the moment right now to give him praise for the right now because right now we are alive right now breathing right now he has placed his favor of life upon us so right now i thank you now moment my blessing is not afar off but your word said that daily you would load me up blessings and benefits so my blessing is now because right now i am alive right now i am your child right now i am a crown so if you've heard anything that I've said on this broadcast today, I'm prayerful that you're hearing that the gifts and the talents that he has placed within you is your creative ability to paint a masterpiece in someone else's life, be it your ability to cook, be it your ability to sing, be it your ability so be it your ability to paint, be it your ability to be an oracle, be it your ability to be an author, be it your ability to love. God has given you that ability to utilize, to paint a masterpiece in the canvas called life. I pray that this has been a blessing unto you. It has blessed my soul to deliver it to you. So you have an incredible week in the Lord, and I will, God willing, be with you again next week. God bless you. Let's keep it real.